1: That's Chumbacasino.com.
2: No purchase necessary. BTW Revoid. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18
3: plus. Talk cheese. Recorded live.
4: Good evening, everyone. This is August 8th, 2016. This is our call for Contemporary Kadish And we are with the class of POTQ Level 1. We have in attendance Arthur... Sarah, Chloe, and Tara will be joining us soon. Um, Julian's on the phone now. Still not. Still not logged in, though. I'm
0: experiencing technical difficulties.
4: It's not good when your IT guy experiences technical difficulties. So, Okay, so we were just discussing earlier tonight that um, some of the links on the homework. Did Julian send out the homework for Contemporary Kadishu Work?
2: Yes.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Were there broken links on it? I think yep. I have a oh. couple. Did you run into a couple? Well, we apologize for that. Normally we go through and make sure that all the...
0: Everything is double-checked
4: dates are correct and the links are working and stuff like that, so we apologize that that there was some issue with some of the links and the date was wrong. Um so who who actually got to some of the sites?
3: I did. I'm actually getting ready to send you my homework now.
4: Okay. Cool. Sarah,
2: did
1: you have a chance to look at any of them? Yeah. Um.
2: Hold on one second. I looked at the Intimate Art Center and the Erotic Awakening.
1: Oh. And then yeah. I would
2: love to do the Ravens later. What'd you think overall? Well, it's kinda of interesting. The internet art one was pretty cool. I liked um all the classes and stuff that they offered.
4: Yeah. Some of the some of them offer quite a few classes that the average person can can take. Um so that's pretty interesting. So um have you you haven't sent your homework? I haven't seen it.
2: No, I haven't yet.
4: Okay. Chloe, did you get yours sent off?
2: I just hit send.
4: Peachy.
1: Yeah. Hey, there it is. Go ahead, and we'll
4: download this. So while I'm doing this, Sarah, what are? Let's see.
1: Sorry, can you kind of cut out?
4: Um, what are some? Well, what are three things that really spoke to you about? Let's just take the first. You said intimate heart center. An
2: Erotic Awakening? All right. Well, um, there was a book of women's anatomy of, ar- of arousal, and it said it broke new ground about female sexuality or female sexual anatomy. I thought that was interesting.
4: Okay, cool.
2: And then um, Sex Ed for Adults, um... They were asking if we believe the world would be a saner, healthier place if people celebrated sexuality instead of suppressing it. Uh, so.
4: What do you think?
2: Yeah, I think it would be. <laughs> All right, and then I was reading some of the testimonials about the one lady, Sherry Winston. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lady was saying that she was... Uh, a, a yoga teacher and, like, a body work therapist for, like, 35 years, and she didn't think
3: there was anything
2: she could learn from Sherry, but um, she was wrong. And, like, she was saying that Sherry touched through the unnecessary discomfort about sex. Okay.
1: Cool. Was there anything that you were surprised by? Um...
2: Well, um, well, I I was surprised that they offer, like, pre-recorded classes so that people could listen to them on their own time. You know, I thought that was pretty neat. I've never seen that before. And then, like, masturbation classes, I was reading about those. And then um, they had a blog about breastfeeding and how it might be the key of a, a a key to a loving uh or a trusting relationship.
4: Oh. Cool. So like when the kid grows up it would be a key to a loving relationship or
2: Right, yeah, when the kid grows up. Like when we're breastfed as babies and that could be like it could help, you know, be the key towards a Breast towards fed having fed, a trusting relationship when they get older.
4: Cool. I guess I have heard that that breastfed versus bottle fed like Julian just said that makes sense
5: mm-hmm.
4: so what are three questions that as a giver you would ask a seeker based on the info that you read on a site
1: um if I was a giver
2: uh. I don't know. I'd have to think about that one. I haven't quite gotten that far. Oh, okay. <laughs>
4: Did there was there? I'll go back. Was there um, info that you thought was missing from either any of the either of the sites that you checked out? Um, um
1: oh, yes, it's like much. Okay.
4: Okay. Do you have anything else that you want to add to that?
2: Um, no, not, not at the moment.
4: Okay. Okay. Um, Chloe, let me pull
1: yours up here.
4: Do you want to read off the three things that spoke to you?
3: Um, for the first one?
4: Yeah.
3: I kind of just grabbed quotes from the site that spoke to me. The first one was, when you self-pleasure, it's your learning lab, rehearsal hall, and self-care spa. It's where you learn to play your own instrument, practice, give yourself pleasure, and develop mastery. And- uh, the- Yeah, the second was the orgasmic turn-on literally turns off the parts of the brain responsible for processing fear and anxiety. And the third one was my professional recommendation is a minimum of one orgasm a day or three to four pinnacles of pleasure per week.
4: That's great. (laughs) We should all Mm -hmm. be able
3: to do that, right? Yeah. And she recommended more, but the minimum was one orgasm a day, and I thought that was fun.
4: (laughs) That is fun. Okay, and um, that was for the intimate heart, intimate arts, arts. Arts. Mm Mhm. Okay, so it was the same one that Sarah did. So, what are the three questions that you would have as a giver, since not everyone's seeing your
3: homework? Um. I would ask, if I were a giver, how do you feel about self-pleasure to the receiver? Um, I would ask, with what feelings do you usually approach intimacy with a partner? And I'd also ask, how aware are you of your body and its idiosyncrasies?
4: All good questions. Good questions. What would you have as a receiver?
3: As a receiver, I would ask the people on this website, what techniques could I practice on my own to improve my abilities as a lover? Uh, How can I better integrate meditation and breath work into my sexuality? And how can I take the techniques I learn and effectively integrate them into my sex life?
4: Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, And then the second site that you did was New World Sex Education. Uh-huh. And what were the three things that spoke to you from there?
3: Um, I did quotes again for this one. Uh, During a postpartum healing session, you will learn how to heal your pelvic floor trauma, revive your sex life, and get the pleasure that you deserve. Um,
4: I this lady after I had kids. What? Sorry. I said I needed this lady after I had kids. Oh. Postpartum yeah. healing session.
3: Yeah, she seemed to focus a lot on postpartum and childbirth. My my next quote about childbirth. It's, she said childbirth doesn't have to be painful. Imagine having an ecstatic, orgasmic, shamanic experience while giving birth. It is possible, and thousands of women are reclaiming their right to pleasurable birth, Which is kind of an idea that blew my mind because I didn't think that was a thing that was possible
4: yeah and I know i've I've read testimonies of women that have chosen for and it really is a choice I mean we've been taught that it's painful and horrible, and you have to just survive it and And here there are women out there teachers that are saying that no, it doesn't have to be pain- well it can be painful, but it's also
3: orgasmic and
0: it can be one of the biggest orgasms and that you've ever had
3: yeah yeah so I thought that was fascinating because it is like culturally drilled into you from a very young age that childbirth is like the most painful thing you can experience as a woman um but the fact that it doesn't have to be is kind of mind-blowing to me I had no idea that was even like a school of thought um am I sorry
4: no I was just saying that was cool
3: Mm -hmm. And my third thing that I thought was cool was uh, that she talked about sexual shamanism and divided it into four, like sex into four different categories and each was related to an element. Earth sex is equal to procreation, air sex was romantic love, water sex was pleasure focused sex and fire sex is energy merging or transformative sex. And I thought that was really cool, the idea of different kinds of sex being associated with different elements. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that a lot of uh, Jaya, when uh, she talks about that kind of work, um, and she's worked in conjunction conjunction with Kenneth Ray Stubbs, and I think she's drawing on a lot of his work when she pulls that in and, and talks about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just a little background.
4: Okay, so let's go on. What are the three questions that you would have as a seeker?
3: Um, These were just general questions. Um, I just was curious about the challenges that are unique to postpartum sexual healing. Um, And also, I was curious about, as a female giver, what challenges do you face in helping men with May, specifically male issues such as premature ejaculation and prostate health. And uh, can any woman learn how to have orgasmic childbirth? Uh,
4: good questions. Okay. What were some things that surprised you?
3: Um, that orgasmic childbirth is possible for one thing. Um, I was surprised by the variety of techniques that she had available, like she even had um i think she had a cookbook of like sexual like foods to help in improve your sex life was the impression that I got and I thought that was pretty cool um, and I uh did not know that women can face such extreme challenges regarding postpartum sex, and I also didn't know that even, like, the physical challenges of scarring and stuff like that can be overcome with practice.
4: Yeah.
0: It's not something that's really
3: talked about all that much.
4: No, it isn't. Uh,
3: yeah, and I, like, her, she seemed to focus a lot on, uh those sorts of issues, like postpartum and, and birthing issues, and I thought that was pretty interesting, because that really isn't something that I've seen very much about.
4: Yeah, well, that's great. She's a neat lady. I've listened in on a couple of her classes and webcasts, and it's been, she's a neat lady, so. Cool. Okay. And your last one was the body connections out of ca- out of Canada. Mhm. Um. Spoke to
3: you. I the quotes that I liked from him were um, get more comfortable with your body by learning how to tune into your experience instead of zoning out. Um. I also liked essentially I'm your laboratory assistant and you're the research scientist and your topic of study is you. Uh, And I liked the, uh, yeah, if you've experienced (laughs) any kind of abuse or had any kind of issues with men, I offer you an uncommon healing opportunity, a gentle way to directly counteract your negative experiences. And I thought that it was interesting that as a man, he offers that sort of um, healing. Um and three questions I had were, are, what are the challenges faced by a man who is practicing sacred sexuality with female recipients who may have issues with men? Um, when healing both physical and mental scars, which areas should be addressed first, the mind or the body? And what challenges are faced by a spiritual practitioner when working in conjunction with a more conventional healing professional?
4: Okay. Um, and when you say spiritual practitioner, do you mean?
3: Uh, I was just trying to, like a, a sacred sexuality worker, like someone who is um, practicing more conventional ways of healing than, say, a, a psychologist or a medical doctor.
4: Okay. Okay.
3: But he, he said on his site that he, he works in conjunction with more conventional healing professionals as a spiritual practitioner.
4: Yeah. In fact, I think he requires that you have um, a therapist if he's going to work with you.
0: Oh. Oh, is this the guy that does the sexolo- sexological body work? I'm trying to... No,
4: I, I think this is Phil, actually.
0: Oh, Oh, that's because of his surrogate requirements. Remember in Canada, that if you're doing surrogacy, uh, you need to have, a, uh, the professional has to call you and you're offering the services, and then uh, the, what is it, the therapist is the one that's guiding uh, things, and then the surrogate ends up actually doing, uh, providing the experiential. Uh, and, and, and they do that by law to keep themselves protected.
3: Um, And then I also did the the three questions I would have as a receiver if I were to go to him. Um, How do you determine the pace at which you would work with a new receiver? Um, What techniques would you use when working with someone who is uncomfortable with touch? And how do you combine different spiritual paths in order to achieve healing?
1: Good question.
2: Yep, and
4: yeah.
2: I think that was it for me, yeah.
4: Yeah. I just have a blank page three. I like the one, you know, what techniques would you use when working with someone who's uncomfortable with touch, especially by strangers. I think that's so important in today's world because so many of us are societally indoctrinated um To shy away from touch Mm
5: -hmm.
4: Away from uh, That it's dangerous That it's intimate That it's too intimate That it's um, Uncomfortable And It's just That's an interesting question Because there's so many of us that are So many people that are uncomfortable With touch
3: Yeah I mean, I I run into a lot of those issues myself because, in some circumstances, I am uncomfortable with touch, but I want touch. It just, uh, especially with strange, like if I were to approach a stranger to do some sort of healing with me, I would, that's definitely something I would ask them. I think that's part of why the uh, uh, sacred touch is such a moving experience, is to feel like that love and Compassion coming from people that you might not know very well or at all.
4: Yeah,
0: and and it can be really misunderstood, especially in our, the way our culture is today. Um, it's there's been everything's become so PC and litigious. Um, a woman might be just expressing a sense of enthusiasm for seeing somebody. And even though they, you know, she just knows some cursory and it happens to be a man and she gives him a great hug and a a kiss on the cheek. And then she just goes off and she's just full of energy at the moment. And depending on where that male is uh, in his emotional maturity and his background, he might think, Oh my God, she really loves me. And she wants to have sex with me versus someone a little bit more experienced might just see that and been paying attention to what's going on is she's Just enjoying the moment, and that's where she's at. And and it wasn't anything, and has nothing to do with the fact that she wants to take him to bed and have sex. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and you know, and you know, here's just, um, you know, something that could be easily misperceived, misinterpreted, uh, you know, depending on where the person is at at the time. Mm
5: Mhm.
4: Yeah. We know a particular male. Who if a woman were to give him a hug He would want to have sex with him You know He's been He's gotten into trouble um, Several times Because of Inappropriate responses To women who have Who have
0: Just given him a hug
4: Just given him a hug So It's out there
0: in, in, but there's this underlying fear in our culture around touch, and you know, and it's more in terms of you know the fear of a stranger. And you know, and, and hear me, here I go mansplaining about you know to women about you know there's a, a fear that's been taught to women uh, in terms of just being out in the world by themselves or or whatever, and c- careful about how you're dressing. And I'm gonna shut up there.
3: Well, no, I mean, I think you're right. Like, that is just, like, part of the the culture that a lot of women grow up in is uh, you've got to be careful about how you behave or how you dress because it might send certain signals. That's just something that, I mean, I think that the media tells us and also a lot of people learn growing up. hmm It's true.
0: Or it's the things that you see on the movies. You know, it's like I've never you know, it's like some of those relationships happen well, it's a movie, they got two hours to tell a story. You know, that's that's why things happen so fast. But mm-hmm. you know, it only happens that quickly in the movies. Mhm. Hi,
5: right.
4: oh let's see. Just a minute. We have someone that logged into chat and I just wanna see who it is.
0: And I I lost my chat session.
4: See if it's Tara. Um. So, what were some things in general that you learned from this? And this is wasn't part of the homework, Chloe. I'm just kind of interested because you had some nice questions and and that you asked in your homework. Um. What is there anything in general that or that just really spoke to you out of looking at all three of these sites?
3: Well, I thought it was interesting how different some of the approaches were to sacred sexuality. I thought it was pretty cool that there were so many different paths to, as a modern Kaddishdi uh, to providing uh, different kinds of healing. Um, I think that the—I don't know—I think that the site that I liked the most was the um, New World Sex Education, um, just because it had so many ideas in it that were new to me, and uh, just some—it defin- had a lot of ideas that I would like to mull over. Um, if it, it also like the way that it—it it, um, seems. Like, very, like, of uh, the sexual shamanism thing really spoke to me. The four different types of sex combined with the different elements. Um, and to how, like, even things such as changes to your diet can have an effect on your sexuality.
4: Yes. Well, they talk about, you know, the classic oysters as an aphrodisiac. Um, there's science that backs that up now and there's science that backs up some of the other foods that you eat. Um, mm-hmm. so it's, it's fascinating, you know, that yeah in the centuries we had some of this information and did some of these things, but now there's science that actually backs it up. So that's kind of
3: cool. Yes. I read somewhere that the smell of wine in a way in, or certain types of wine mimics the smell of human pheromones Oh. So, in a way, like it's certain types of wine can be an aphrodisiac because it makes people think of sex.
1: Uh huh. Cool.
3: Yeah, I think that's I I think that stuff like that is really interesting.
4: It is, and I love learning new things. So. mhm. Um. Do you have anything in closing that you want to share with everyone, or was that pretty much it?
3: Uh, that was pretty much it. I thought it was really interesting and I definitely enjoyed learning about um, how people have taken something that's uh, an ancient art and have made it into something that's accessible for, I would say, a lot of people. Probably not everyone would be receptive to this sort of thing, but all of the websites were very accessible to like who I would say is like the more mainstream community. Especially the first one she had a lot of uh the intimate art center she seemed to have a lot of like uh kind of funny stuff um I don't know, like her blog had all these pictures of uh like famous pieces of art that she had added okay. cell phones and vibrators into yeah um. So, I thought it was pretty cool that they were taking something that's very sacred and ancient and making it accessible to more mainstream modern audiences.
4: That's cool. She's a neat lady she um we tried getting her to the farm to do a weekend intensive and was she the one that was eight thousand dollars to start off with five
0: five Wow. So. Yeah, I mean we we could, and I mean we understood where she's coming from and I mean, part of the problem.
5: Livelihood.
0: Yeah, you know that's what she's doing and uh, she and that's okay. That's okay. We asked. We found that it wasn't going to work.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Mhm. Um. Sarah, going back to you. Was there? I know that you didn't get. You only got through a couple sites, but was there anything in general that kind of really stuck out at you?
1: Um,
2: um I don't know, that not not really. Um the ones I said something about the power exchange summit, is that the same one that's advertised on set? is that yeah. something different? Yeah. It is?
4: Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Erotic Awakening, which is one of the sites that you did, is Dan and Don, who
2: yeah. do
0: PXS and Beyond the Love. Of... Yeah. Okay.
4: So, cool. If you're interested yeah, in Power Exchange, well. it's, it's an excellent workshop to go to because it's just on Power Exchange.
0: Yeah, it's it's a weekend. It's a Friday through Sunday, and um, the people that come there are doing all kinds of power exchanges. It's not just one kind, and it's def- and um, I mean when we went there last time, one of the roundtables was you know the different flavors of power exchange, and uh, and what people were looking for, what uh, what they were curious about, and a lot of the people there. Um, were in their minds they were the only ones that were doing it and they were okay with it and uh, and that's why they were chosen to be the leaders of tables and uh, you know and that and that was just really really neat yeah
2: okay. I've never been to that before it does kind of look interesting
4: yeah um, like I said it's nice because it's strictly about power different kinds of power exchange and not every class is going to speak to you. But there's, like, there's no whip techniques that are offered in this particular. Right.
0: It doesn't have to be strict MS. Uh, It doesn't have to be strict DS with, you know, high protocol and and, and whatnot. It's whatever whatever your flavor is or whatever your flavor is going to be with this particular person. Mm
5: -hmm.
0: And that just requires Mm -hmm. talking.
5: Yeah.
0: And experimenting to see what's going to work for you guys and what's not going to work for you guys.
5: Sarah,
4: are you on the call? I'm here. Hey, yay. How's the train?
2: Uh, we're just pulling out of the station now.
4: Oh, okay. So did you have a chance to look at the homework?
2: Um, I looked at most of it. Um, obviously, I didn't turn in my homework like I normally do, but I looked at most of it. Okay.
4: So... Is it all right if I just ask you a few of the questions?
2: No, not yet.
4: <laughs> not sorry, not I'm yet. still crying. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Um,
1: so, um, Sarah, there was another question in there that I was going to ask you, and I just lost it. No, 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 he'll come back. Do you want to go on?
4: Yeah. Arthur, you didn't have a chance to look at any of the sites, right?
5: No, ma'am, I did not. I didn't one that I wasn't trying to keep a roof over my head, I was pretty much in bed.
4: Okay. Okay. Well, I look forward to you looking at some of the sites because I think it will be interesting for you to hear about... I like this this homework because these are, these are people that are where you know the rubber heat hits meets the road. You know these are the people that are doing this that are making this work. And there's other ones out there. These are just some of the ones that we found and or know of. I guess know of is a better term. Um, but there's other people out there. Just this last weekend we were approached by someone who was looking for uh, a sex therapist counselor who could actually do some of the sex therapy with them. And that's part of the ASSECT training, which is um, offered. It's actually out of, in Ann Arbor. Um, but ASSECT is American Sexual, <coughs> Sexological Body No, that's not sexological body Uh, workers.
0: Let's look it up.
4: (laughs) Oh, Julian's being smart and looking it up. But anyways, it's offered out of Ann Arbor, but you have to have an MSW Master's in Social Work or Psychology a Master's before you can take the class. So, like, I didn't qualify for taking the class. It's also $12,000. But it's a really cool program, and it's just, out in our back door.
0: Right. I mean, it's called the Association of Sexuality Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. That's
5: it.
0: And there's a website there. Um, They do require that you do have um, a degree in some form of therapy, I believe. And and as Lynn said, I, I think you'd have to have a minimum of master's. And, uh, but the thing is, you know, and this is academically based training uh, and academically accredited training. Because one of the things that Lynn and I found out as we were exploring all of this early on, um, you know, when you are looking for clients, how do you present yourself? And one of the things that had come up in discussion, uh, for when we were going through uh, POTQ for the first time was you know, how do you get that credibility? Um, and we noticed that there were, uh, well, one of them had to do with, uh, one of the requirements then was, okay, you have to go through university or college and take these psychology tracks and gear them towards human sexuality. And then there were, after you had your degree, there were some add-ons that you could do. But then there were other people uh, that were just doing it. They didn't have any kind of academic uh, degrees to uh, give them credibility. And yet they had an interesting standing and status of their own as well. But things had been harder for them uh, to be able to um, create the clientele. And then another thing that we came across was, well, this is – sacred sex versus spirituality, um, how dare you monetize this? Why do we have to pay for this? Um, And then there was a whole discussion in and around money and realizing that on some level, you know, unless you've got a rich boyfriend or girlfriend and and you've inherited a lot of money, you need a way of uh, being able to bankroll your way through the world. and, And, you know, here again, things have become monetized. And so that was another interesting discussion.
4: Yeah, and that's not something that that came up yet in the homework was the monetization of this therapy because it does cost money, and a lot of people, like like Julian said, want to get it for free. Um, and there are some people out there that offer it for free, but
0: you're going to have to dig hard for that.
4: Yeah. Um, Tara, how you doing?
2: Okay, sorry, I I lost my like, uh, my call.
4: Oh, looks like one of Michigan hung up too. Yeah. <laughs> Not
1: me. Sarah. Must have been mm-hmm. Sarah. Okay. So. Can I pick on you yet, Tara? Um, yeah. So
4: what did you think about the homework? Is there anything that overall that you wanted to share or do you want me to just ask you some of the questions that were in the homework?
1: Um.
2: Sorry, just having a hard time finding my words today. How how rare. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) uh, Actually,
1: it it sounded like. About as far as.
4: Sarah, are you back?
1: Yeah, I'm back.
4: Okay. Looks like we lost Tara.
5: <laughs>
4: How convenient is that, right, when the teacher calls on her, you know, the call gets lost. <laughs> Do you want me to talk about sex coaching? Yeah, sure. While we're waiting for Tara to get back, uh, Julian is going to bring up and talk about sex coaching.
0: Um, One of the things that Lynn and I have uh, noticed as we dug more and more into this topic and got involved in the community that's uh, out there in this country uh, was a way of trying to legitimize the work that you were doing. And a lot of people were becoming sex coaches. And what they would do uh, they, might, they would get a whole bunch of training or make a point of knowing um, a lot of things about the human body and how people respond to certain things. And, uh, that, and, <clears throat> and then what, what they would do is they would have a website and list the services that they could provide. And this was all done over the phone. Nobody met face-to-face. So uh, you didn't have to worry about uh, being arrested for prostitution for sexual services, Um, and the the and the people just acted as sex coaches. Sometimes you know they would like uh, they would get a lot of guys that would have ED issues, or would uh, or premature uh, they were premature ejaculators, and they would just start them on a masturbation routine help them get to recognize the responses in their body. Or if they had problems approaching women, they would start talking to the, you know, it's like they would start doing a little bit of talk therapy to work through what it would take for that person to become comfortable to go and ask uh, someone of the opposite sex uh, to go out on a date. And they would become kind of like a dating coach Um, This is where a lot of the industry has gone for people that don't have um, the academic credits uh, of having an LCS or MSW and then going and getting the aspect training. Yeah. Or going to Canada and become, or there's another uh, set of training. It's called Sexological Body Work. Uh, It's based out of uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and uh, where you can become a surrogate. And there are a number of surrogates in the country, but they work with um, clinicians.
4: It's only legal in three states.
0: Is it three now? I thought there was a fourth. Well, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. But anyway, you end up working with a professional, um, so everything is above board. Um, the other states in the country do not recognize it as a valid profession, and you can get arrested. So there's been this big move to doing talk therapy over the phone or over the Internet. Um, there are porn stars out there that have educational sites, Besides the, uh, you know, here come buy my movie kind of thing. And where they work with people that come to uh, their site. And they have all kinds of programs out there, uh, different tapes that you can buy, video whether they be videotapes or audio tapes. Um, and there's just a lot of information. And then you've got a lot of hooligans, um, not hooligans, um, what's the right word? Charlatans. Charlatans that are out there and, you know, it's like uh, if you've ever gotten one of these uh, emails about, you know, how you can make your uh, penis grow three inches over a week and at girth or it's like, you know, ladies, do you want to learn how to squirt? This is what you need to do. Um, That's
4: that there aren't legitimate sites out there for women who want to learn how to squirt. True, true.
0: But I mean, you you just I mean, as you're doing your due diligence out there, you need to be uh, you know maintain. Um, you well, know, you need to do some due diligence and find out yeah. the validity of the programs out there, you know, and because and like you've got your um your sex coaches, and then you've got the people that are trying to sell you programs for forty-seven dollars, or ninety-seven dollars, a hundred and ninety-seven dollars. Uh, um and they might be just two or three programs, or it might be something for a year long program where you pay ninety nine bucks a month um, and they 're out there too so um, do if, you, you,
4: if if you if you're interested in learning more about any of these sites or any of these people, um, we tried to put our list together of Sites that we knew were the people that we would recommend. Mm -hmm. So um, we didn't put any on there that are there to trip you up or anything like that. They're just—they're all legitimate sites that we would recommend.
0: Right, or I mean, and I don't even want to go into the pick-up artist community, and yeah, that—that's very misogynist. Um, (laughs) It's more like. Uh, getting a notch in your belt versus actually dealing with a human being. But I mean there's a lot of stuff out there. You know, if you go out there on the internet you can come across a lot of material and there are some people that are very good at what they do and they're few and far and in between. Yes.
4: Yeah. But they are out there. And like I said, just this is last weekend someone approached mm-hmm. us about a sex therapist, so it people are people are looking. So, and it was a male looking for a female sex therapist, but we've had the other way also, or females that are fine with females or males. So there's more female sex therapists out there than there are male and And we count them all as as Kadish do. Um, they may not call themselves that or they may not relate to that term, but they're all doing some sort of sex yeah. therapy right. and, and help.
0: Yeah, we, we met. Matters. We were at um, Kinky College a few years ago, and I'm not going to uh, mention the lady's name, uh, but she was kinky and she was one of the presenters, and she also happens to be a porn star. And one of the things that, uh, and we got to talking after one of uh, our classes or her class or something, or whatever, I forget. And uh, she's telling about telling us about the these two work that she was doing. And one of the, and what she would do was she had a client that was an invalid, and once a month she would go over to his house and stay with him for the weekend, and give him a girlfriend experience weekend. Um, And where she ended up, uh, you know, it's like they're talking, they're sleeping. Uh, She would prepare a meal and help him bathe um, and and whatever. And then, you know, um, sometime during the weekend, uh, they would end up having sex. And it was just her being his girlfriend. And being fully present with him for that weekend. Yeah. And she knew that there were, and she went and found out what she needed to do to make sure that uh, she could take care of his um, medical needs. And uh, she put an effort into that. So she was there and she could attend to him just as, you know, a girlfriend that cares about uh, her boyfriend who happens to also be an invalid. And, you know, that, that, and not everybody's up to being able to do something like that. But that was what she did uh, and had been doing for five years with this one man. And that was uh, her Kadishi
4: work. Yeah. So does anyone have any last comments or questions? Um, Tara's not making it back on. I don't know if she just can't connect while she's on the train or um, what's happening. Well, it's being
0: recorded, so.
4: Yeah, she... Yeah, she can just listen to the recording. Um, but does anyone have any last comments or questions? Nope. I heard one no.
2: I don't either. Okay. That's two. I got nothing.
4: Okay. You got, nothing. You got a strap throat. That's what you got.
5: Yeah. I, I, I've been on mute the whole time because I
0: didn't want to be coughing y'all's ear off. Oh, Thank you
4: Thank you for that Um, Okay Next Monday So you got only a week to get this next homework done Is a Tantra call Jen or Magdalena Knight Will be helping us with this call um, Like Rachel did with the history call Um, It's Tantra and Eastern Sex sex magic. Magic Um, because we do things differently in the West, or it's Western sex.
0: Well, the, the, this was the uh, Tantra uh, was the Indian way of doing things, and that's Indian, Indian, or East Indian. And then there, uh, the uh, Tao, Tao or Taoist way was uh, how the Chinese approached it. Yeah.
4: So um, lots of interesting uh, homework to look up and to read over. And we'll get that sent out in the next couple days. And then um we'll be on the call next Monday at seven thirty. Everyone can make that? Yep. Peachy.
5: Shouldn't be a problem.
4: Okay. Um if there's nothing else I'm gonna go ahead and end the recording and I'll be on stay on for a few minutes. If anyone's
0: got any questions or anything.